Hey friends, this is your host, Mindy Duff, and you're listening to Up Level Your Life with Mindy, your number one personal growth podcast that will bring you closer to uncovering your greatest self. As a certified holistic health and nutrition coach, I created this podcast for anyone who desires to improve physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'll be interviewing experts and sharing tips and tricks that have helped not only my clients, but that have guided me on my own transformational journey. I believe that we all have a greatness that lies within. We just need to uncover it. Are you ready to level up? Then let's begin. everyone and welcome back to Up Level Your Life with Mindy. I am your host Mindy Duff and today I am going to do an episode by request um, by my sister actually. So <laughs> I don't normally do episodes by request so if you were curious about that um, <laughs> I mean I'll take suggestions I guess if you have a suggestion for an episode that you'd like me to do by all means reach out and let me know. Um, but my sister requested an episode on adaptogens. And I thought, oh, of course I could do an episode on adaptogens. I am a huge fan. Um, If you're not familiar with them, you will be by the time I'm done here today. Um, But first, before I can talk about adaptogens, I have to talk about stress. And man, I just, I almost don't even want to talk about it. Just mentioning the word stress like stresses me out. Because I think when I when I start to talk about stress, then I start to think of like stressful situations. Um, maybe that's just me and my weird brain, but okay. <laughs> so, but we are going to talk about stress a little bit because man, oh man, are we all just stressed out um, in our society, this day and age, blah, blah, blah. You've heard this before. Um, we just, we have so many things causing stress in our lives even if it's good stress, um, where I know a lot of times we think of stress as being a negative thing. Um, stress can be a good thing. We aren't meant to just be just completely on an even keel all the time. Um, we're, we're meant to experience stressors and, and then bounce back from them. But the problem, and I'm sure you've all heard this before, the problem is when we're constantly under some kind of stress, our bodies don't get a chance to kind of come back to that middle point um, and rebound from it. Then that's when we start to have, um, well, really a lot of physical problems. So, you know, again, just a brief background on stress and, you know, your fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. This is something, you know, we all had to learn about in high school health, if you can go back to that. It's it's that common scenario where people talk about if you were out in the jungle and a tiger ran across your path, your body is going to have a physiological response, right? You're not just going to ho-hum, dee-dum, here's just a tiger. Your body's going to either fight the tiger if you feel like that's your best option, which maybe don't fight a tiger, but that's just me. Um, flight, you're going to maybe run away. And and actually things happen like your um, like digestion will stop and all kinds of things will happen in your body so that um, your muscles can get the blood flow going so that you can run faster. Um, so that's part of the fight response. There are also a couple, we hear fight or flight a lot. Um, in recent years, we're hearing more about the freeze response. So think like deer in the headlights. Um, this happens, this happens, well, it happens to all of us. It happens to me, I know. Um, you get in a situation have, and your mind goes blank. 
and you just can't even think how to respond, um, that you're in a freeze response. Maybe you're in an argument with somebody and they're like, well, your turn, say something. And you're like, I literally have nothing to say. I probably should have something to say here, but I cannot think of any words at all. That's the freeze response. And then there's the fawn response as well, which is um, just kind of trying to smooth things over and make things better. Um, But my point here is just that when we are under stressful situations, uh, our body has a physiological response to it, which is good. That's normal. We want that our bodies to do that because that's life. We have these situations. We need to be able to deal with it. But the problem comes when we are under stressful situations constantly. And again, our body doesn't get that break. So one of the things that can happen, and this is just one one of many things that can happen. Um, you maybe have heard of adrenal fatigue before. You know, some some physicians will say oh, adrenal fatigue is not even a real thing. Okay, if you don't want to classify it in your little books and say that it's not a real thing, that's great. But it's actually happening. I mean, people people are getting exhausted um, from this constant, constant on the go, constant stresses, constant everything. Um, and they're having, you know, there's something called Addison's disease. That's like an extreme, like you'd be in the hospital, man, you'd be in rough shape because your adrenals aren't working so great. But they're there's steps way before that that we all kind of start to experience if we're under too much stress. So enter the adaptogens. So that's what we're here to talk about today is the adaptogens and how they can help. So adaptogens are a class of herbs that can help your body adapt to stress. That's hence the name adaptogens, right? Um, Actually, I found this interesting. I just learned this recently that it was during, I believe, World War II when adaptogens started to become commonly researched, I guess we'll say, um, they have been used for thousands of years, just like many natural remedies. If you look in uh, traditional Chinese medicine, or if you look at Ayurvedic medicine, they've been using these adaptogens for thousands of years. But um, modern medicine, in the modern world, it was around World War II, and I believe they were looking at kind of a a magical pill that uh, fighter pilots could take to make them, you know, more alert, stay awake longer and do all these things. And they just kind of stumbled upon these adaptogens. So again, um, they're helping your body adapt to stress. But I always think of it as helping your body kind of bring you back to that midline. So if you can think of yourself at, at this, you know, midline point. I'm not stressed out. I'm not in a depressive state. I'm not in an overexcited state. I'm just perfectly calm and neutral, kind of a neutral zone. And then stress comes along and you're going to have one of two responses. You're either going to be like, oh gosh, I'm super overexcited and like on high alert or more kind of in that depressive state where I don't want to do anything because I've just, I'm kind of shutting down adaptogens will bring you back to that midline, that back to that neutral point. And it doesn't matter what adaptogen you take, just by nature the fact that it is an adaptogen. If you're low, it brings you up. If you're high, it brings you down. Okay. So it's unique to what's going on with you. So you could have one bottle of, let's just say ashwagandha, and I'll go into more of these later, but you can have one bottle of ashwagandha and on Tuesday, You could be just really low and just like, oh, I'm stressed out and I'm in kind of more of this depressive state. You take your ashwagandha and it brings you kind of back up and you're feeling a little bit more perky, just kind of not hyper. You're just kind of back to that neutral zone. 
And then on Thursday, you have another stressful situation. And this one gets you really excited. So now you're, you know, like almost hyper and worrying about stuff and overactive mind. You take the, the adaptogen and it brings you back to neutral again. So um, that's just what an adaptogen does. To be considered an adaptogen, um, it has to help your body hit that neutral point. So if you think back to science, I'm really sciencey today here. So remember learning about homeostasis, like keeping your body wants to keep itself in a state of homeostasis and where everything's that neutral point. So an adaptogen has to do that, has to aid your body in achieving homeostasis. Um, it also has to help your body, just help your body's ability to just deal with internal and external stress. Um, an adaptogen has to be able to be beneficial with single use or prolonged use. So again, if you have a stressful situation on a Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon and you go grab your bottle of whatever you got and you take a couple pills, you should be able to feel almost immediate relief. Once that pill kind of dissolves and starts to get into your bloodstream, you're going to start to feel different immediately. It's not something where you have to take it for five weeks to notice a change. You should notice it pretty quickly. Um, And the final thing for adaptogens to be considered an adaptogen, they need to be um, completely safe and free of negative side effects. Now, um, I say that and, and now I have to make the disclaimer because obviously everybody's different So if you're going to take an adaptogen because you heard some lady talking about it on a podcast, that's great. But if you're also taking other medications, you you need to check with your pharmacist and your doctor, just like you would with anything. Is an adaptogen definitely going to cause problems for you? Probably not. Probably most everyone listening to this will have no problems with an adaptogen. Is there always an exception to every rule? Well, of course there is. So just use common sense with that. But they are generally um, quite, quite safe. That's one of the characteristics is that they were supposed to be, again, quote, completely safe and free from negative side effects. And again, the idea is we're trying to achieve this balance, um, get this homeostasis when we are um, undergoing these stressful situations. So how does this work? Well, here's some more science for you. You have something in your body called an HPA axis. Um, This is part of the the stress response. So let me um, break it down for you the way I need, (laughs) the way I need science broken down for me, basically. So in your brain, you have something called a hypothalamus. That's the H, the H of the HPA axis. And your hypothalamus sees stress. And it's like, oh, gosh stressful situation, we got to get help. So your hypothalamus goes and talks to your pituitary gland. That's the P of the HPA axis. And your hypothalamus says, hey, pituitary gland, we got ourselves a situation over here. We need some backup. So the two of them together, it's kind of like, it makes me think of like my two kids where they're like, one of them goes and gets the other one and then they both come and run and get mom, right? (laughs) So the A uh, of the HPA axis is the adrenals. So the adrenals are actually going to do something about it. So hypothalamus sees the stress, goes and tells the pituitary. They both together go and tell the adrenals and the adrenals respond by releasing some hormones. And there's lots of different hormones. Depends on what you got going on. I'm not going to get into that today. Um, But a, a familiar one you've probably heard of is cortisol. So when we a lot of times, you know, you see that tiger, you're going to have some cortisol released into your bloodstream. Okay, 
So again, this this is all well and good. This is how our bodies are designed to work. Um, and then you see the tiger and then your fight or flight kicks in. You have the extra cortisol. You run or you fight the tiger and hooray, you didn't die. And now you can relax. And then as you sit for a while calmly, eventually the cortisol will kind of work through your bloodstream. It won't be released anymore. You can calm down and get back to that homeostasis. But as you are well aware, we don't commonly have tigers roaming around in the neighborhoods. At least I hope you don't in your neighborhood. But we have so many other things. Um, and this could be, when we talk about chronic stress, I want you to know that this could be emotional. That's kind of what we tend to think of. Oh, I'm so stressed out. I have so much going on. I have to get this big project done for work and our finances are a mess and I've got to run the kids to five different places after school today and just stressed out. We think of that kind of stress, which is valid. Um, But I also want to point out physical stress. And some physical stress is good. It's good if you are physically able, it's great to go for a run or do a workout. Um, it's good for your body. But when you're doing a workout, you are putting your body under stress. So, um, and that's fine. Your body usually can handle that. But maybe you have noticed, and I noticed this actually just a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was more emotionally stressed out about some things, just life, whatever. And then I did a harder workout, a much harder workout than what I had been doing. And it like sent me over the edge. I was exhausted after that because my body was already trying to handle this emotional stress. And then I went and put it under way more physical stress than what I had been doing. And my body was like, nope, (laughs) not today. I finished the workout and then I felt like a worthless piece of mush for like three days. (laughs) Like I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't run, I couldn't do any of it. So I I pushed myself too far. So I, in that situation, I was aware of what was going on. So I just had to rest and relax until my body could kind of recoup again. And then I could go back at it. Um, So it might be something like a physical workout. Chronic stress can also be a physical health condition. Um, Maybe you have something, maybe you have your diabetic or maybe you have um, a thyroid condition, or maybe you have a food sensitivity, not even a full-blown food allergy, but if you have a food sensitivity that's undiagnosed or it's diagnosed and you're not doing anything about it, (laughs) um, and you continue to eat those foods, so let's just say gluten. Let's say you know that you shouldn't eat gluten, but you don't have an allergy to it. You're not, you know, breaking out into hives or going to anaphylactic shock or anything when you eat the gluten. You just know that uh, my body reacts poorly to this, but I love me a good dinner roll and I'm not giving up pizza, right? So you eat it anyway. And if you're routinely eating that gluten, you're putting your body under stress. And if you're doing it constantly, like every day, you're still eating gluten, still eating gluten, then guess what? you're now you're in chronic stress. Okay. And that's the same as being chronically emotionally stressed, okay, to your body in terms of what's going on with the HPA axis and releasing the hormones and whatnot. So stress can be emotional or it can be physical. But once it once your hypothalamus sees the stress, it doesn't go, oh, but this is a physical stress. So we'll treat this different. No, it doesn't care at all. It's just like, oh, stress. <laughs> we'll just let adrenals deal with this, right? Um, 
So your response is going to be the same regardless. And eventually, if we're under this chronic stress, your body is going to start to have some wear and tear. You're going to be worn out. Um, If it never gets a break, you are going to see dysfunction somewhere in your body. Um, It just cannot happen any other way. You cannot have your body under chronic stress and then expect no uh, physical ramifications at some point. It just isn't going to happen. So it's taxing on your adrenal glands. You're going to deplete your micronutrient reserves. Um, And then there's hormone imbalances. So some physical things that your hormones, you know, we when we think of hormones, I think a lot of us just tend to think of like sex hormones, like testosterone, like, oh, look at this big beefy guy. He's full of testosterone or whatever. Um, or, oh, this woman's really emotional. Her hormones must be fluctuating or something like that. But we have almost 50 different types of hormones in our body and they control so many different things. So your hormones control your body temperature They control your heart rate, they control your mood, your appetite, your sex drive, growth and development. So if your hormones are getting out of whack, which is what's going to happen when you're under chronic stress like this, you're going to see things like weight gain, you're going to have poor sleep, or maybe you're not going to be able to sleep, or you'll fall asleep, but you can't stay asleep, or maybe you did sleep, but you just wake up not feeling rested, um... Your mood, you might be moodier. Your mood might fluctuate kind of a, in, a, in a weird, uncontrollable way. Um, you might experience brain fog. Um, ton, there's tons of just chronic illnesses that can be as a result of this chronic stress. And so back to the adaptogens. The adaptogens, again, are going to help your body deal with it. Um, One of the things that they can do is they can help make your cells more sensitive to the hormones, um, and that's going to encourage a healthier response to stress. Um, Adaptogens also, they have anti-fatigue properties, uh, anti-depressive effects. They can serve as as a stimulant for your nervous system. Um, Adaptogens can increase your mental work capacity and enhance attention prevent stress. And if you're listening to this and going, hey, that sounds like something that would be good for somebody with ADHD, you're absolutely right. Um, there are a number of studies that have, be done, have been done on the benefits of adaptogens and their, how they can help people with ADHD improve their focus, right? And that's, I mean, that's a big thing um, and kind of stimulate your nervous system in a positive way. So again, there's just, in this day and age, just nearly all of us should probably be taking an adaptogen. Or you know what? How about this? We should all have some adaptogens in our cupboard for when we need it, when we inevitably encounter that stressful situation that we're just not able to bounce right back from shortly after. There are so many different types of adaptogens. Um, You can do a Google search and find just oodles. Again, adaptogens, they're herbs. So it's a natural thing that you're taking. Um, And again, if you're taking other medications, please make sure to check with your pharmacist, blah, 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 etc. There are different adaptogens that are a little bit better at some things than others. Um, But really, if you're just starting out and you're like, well, I just wanted to have that backup container in my medicine chest, just like you said, just in case, I would probably recommend ashwagandha. 
that's one of my favorites. It's fun to say. Um, <laughs> it's hard to spell because there's like a weird H in there where you don't expect it, but that's beside the point. Um, ashwagandha is just a really, it's the one that I, it's my usually my go-to. I call it my happy pill. Um, but again, it's not like a drug. It's not like something that's going to artificially make you happy. Um, it's just going to bring you back to normal, bring you back to your neutral. Okay. So ashwagandha in particular is really good for people that are trying to monitor their blood pressure. If you have really high blood pressure again, or really low blood pressure, um, ashwagandha is a good one for you. Again, I've mentioned ADHD. Ashwagandha would be really great for someone with ADHD. Um, thyroid function. Who? How many people do you know that have trouble with their thyroid? I mean, I can <laughs> offhandedly just five people just instantly come into my brain. Thyroid problems are so prevalent in the United States right now. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. Um, that could be a podcast for another day. I have some theories. But um, the fact of the matter is so many people have poor functioning thyroids. So ashwagandha is something it's been shown to help with T3 and T4 production. So if you're somebody that's taking probably level thyroxine um, or something else similar, um, that's ashwagandha might be something to look into. You know, ask your doctor about it. Say, hey, I saw these studies. I listened to this podcast. What's your take on it? Um, because again, it's you're probably not going to be out anything for trying it. Um, ashwagandha is another one that's great for arthritis, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, it's just going to help with that infl inflammatory response. And then of course, adrenal fatigue. Um, you know, that adrenal fatigue being the idea that we've stressed our adrenals out. If you, you know, have them turned on constantly, Anything that you have turned on constantly, it's going to need to be shut off once in a while or it's going to start to not function right. I think about my laptop. I am terrible at remembering to turn my laptop off because I just use it like all the time. And really best practice, I probably should shut it off at the end of every day and I don't. And then guess what? Every so often it'll start acting up on me and I was like, oh, you know what? I probably just need a restart, don't I? I need to give it a little break here. And then it works just great. So, you know, same thing for your adrenals. Um, you need to give them a break. They're not meant to be turned on constantly, cranking out the stress hormones all the time. Um, they're meant to just be there for when you need them, for when you have those situations with that tiger. Not something that needs to be happening constantly every day. Um, some other, a couple other really good um adaptogens that you might want to look into. Um, one is ginseng. So this one's great for inflammatory responses. So again, that's going to be good for arthritis, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, anything, if you have some kind of heart disease, uh, if you're diabetic, uh, if you've had a stroke, or if you have asthma, actually, um, ginseng might be one to look into. Um, and then another one that's really great is rhodiola, which again is great for ADHD because it can optimize concentration. So if you're somebody that's really having a hard time focusing, or if you know someone that is, you know, that's something to look into. Um, mushrooms. There are several mushrooms that have some aptogenic properties. Adaptogenic. There we go. Good grief. <laughs> um, reishi mushrooms, lion's mane, cordyceps. Um, those are all really great um, mushrooms that, again, they're natural and they have some 
adaptogenic properties. You can find those a lot of times in teas or you know, just many different forms. I think of like mud water. It's like an alternative to coffee that you can drink, or you could just find a pill as well. Um, Adaptogens and kids, you know, use your judgment. I feel like I probably would be conservative with kids with these. Um, But I think once they hit a certain age, probably teenage years, um, it would be probably pretty safe to try them out. I'm thinking in particular of kiddos that have ADHD. If you have a child younger than teenage and you're curious about playing around with adaptogens and your ADHD kiddo, um, I would talk to your doctor first. It's probably okay, but that's just one of those things where I'd be like, hey, do we need to worry about dosing? Um, You don't want to give them too much of anything when they're younger. Younger bodies kind of handle things just a little bit differently. So So that is adaptogens in a nutshell. They are just really marvelous tools to have in your toolbox um, just to kind of help you navigate life and the stresses that we just inevitably, inevitably, (laughs) I can't talk anymore for somebody that's got a podcast. Um, This for stuff that happens, you know, we're going to have stresses in our life constantly and you can meditate all day long. Um, You can make sure you're eating perfect and working out, but you're still going to have stressful situations in your life. And sometimes They'll be easy to bounce back from and sometimes they won't. So you might as well, you know, stack the deck in your favor and have some of these adaptogens on hand so that you can, you know, live out your life being a little bit more balanced and helping your body with its physical response so that you don't have to have some of these chronic conditions happening. You don't have to have some of these, you know, depletions and hormones or, you know, the weight gain or the poor sleep or what have you because your body's has a little bit more support and can handle things a little bit more, more betterly. (laughs) That's not a word either. Don't use it. Okay. So I hope my sister was satisfied with this description of adaptogens. (laughs) It was very sciencey today, I feel like. Um, But uh, yeah, they're super cool things. If you have more questions about adaptogens, uh, obviously you can reach out to me and I will help you as best as I can. Other than that, I hope that you guys are all having a super fantastic day and I will catch you on the next one. That's it for today, friends. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or even better, leave a review and let me know what resonated with you the most. The more you tell me what you love, the better I'm able to create future episodes with even better content. I'm sending you so much love and light. I'll see you in the next episode.